Evening, everyone. Thank you very much, Gareth, for helping lead us so effectively. Uh, as we continue thinking about this fourth segment, I had kind of thought about starting by suggesting an open time of confession, that if anybody had lost their patience during the week, then they could come up to the front and kind of tell us what happened. Lots of people smiling at me, but Gareth's already led us in a time of private confession, so that that has dealt with that. Uh, but I do wonder... Has anybody, I mean, here's just a list of things, and Gas pointed to some of them, you know, have you been stuck in a traffic jam this week? How, how did you cope? Like, how, how did you cope? Or did anyone end up in the slowest checkout queue ever? And how did you react in those moments? Or has anyone this week, <laughs> it's happened to me a couple of times, tried ringing their mobile phone operator and spent most of the call listening to pre-recorded messages and background music. And what, what were you thinking in those moments? Uh, I don't know, I could go on and list lots of things. But, but patience, as Gareth has said, or a lack of it, is something that all of us can immediately relate to, isn't it? Because patience doesn't come naturally. For most of us, it doesn't come naturally. There, there are the odd exceptions, emphasis on the odd. Uh, and, yet, and yet we probably all recognize that patience is a virtue. It's a virtue. Although an elusive one, and I'm sure we've all heard this before, patience is a virtue. Possess it if you can. Seldom found in woman, never in a man. Uh, and, and we could go on, I mean, talking like this and pointing out just how relevant and, and difficult this is. But in terms of Christian discipleship and in Christian faith, Patience is essential. It's absolutely essential. If we're going to become more and more like Jesus, which is our calling, it's our goal, it's our destiny, then the fruit of the Spirit and this one, the fourth segment, it needs to be growing and developing and ripening in our lives. We need to be learning patience. We need to be becoming more and more patient. Now some people have pointed out that it's no coincidence that, that patience is fourth on Paul's list, that it comes after love and joy and peace, because unless those three are, are kind of in place, unless we've, we've dealt with those three, then there's no chance of being patient. I'm not entirely sure that's right or helpful. I don't think with any of these segments that you can emphasize one over against another or you decide well I'll, I'll leave that one until I've got those ones in place maybe love is is the, is the one exception and we, we did talk a little about this a few weeks ago that, that it's I don't think it's any coincidence that love is first on that list but everything else kind of flows from that and, and, and so therefore I, I don't think it's a case of saying well I need love, joy, and peace. And once I've got those, then I can attend the patience. But before we look at this in a little more detail, let me just remind you of two foundational truths and, and critical aspects of fruit production. And the first is that, that according to Jesus in John 15, in order to bear much fruit. So these are the words of Jesus. He says, listen, if, if you want to bear much fruit, then you've got to abide. In me, in my words, and in my love. That's critical. That, that's the starting place. 
Plus, according to the Apostle Paul in his teaching about this fruit in Galatians 5, we need to keep in step with, we need to live by the Spirit. And and unless those two facts are in focus, then we're beat before we start. Because trying to produce this fruit, these nine segments, including patience, on our own or in our own strength, is going to be virtually impossible. You've got to abide in Jesus, in his words, in his love, and you've got to keep in step with the Spirit. You've got to live by the Spirit. Those have have got to be in place before you can attempt to actually be loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, etc. And so, as we've been saying all along during this series, we need to ensure we know what it means to abide in Jesus. What does that actually mean? Are we doing that? What does it mean to keep in step with the Spirit? So those are just some of the the questions we've been thinking about. Okay, let's explore this fourth segment. Patience has been defined as waiting without complaining. Waiting without complaining, which implies that it's not so much about the ability to wait. It's more about our attitude whilst we wait. As one other writer puts it, patience is not the ability to wait, but it's how you act while waiting. And so the question is, how how do you act when you're on the end of that phone? You're in that traffic jam. You're in that queue when the kids are plastering themselves in toothpaste. How, if you weren't here at the very start of service, that'll make no sense, Uh, but Gareth did share something. I'm sorry, I just just realized that. But how do you act while you're waiting? For some of us, we voice off. We complain audibly. We speak harsh, maybe even angry words. We express our frustration in no uncertain terms, but you know, you can also complain in non-verbal ways. You know, the deep sigh, the shake of the head, the rolling of the eyes. Lots of us are pretty good at communicating our irritation at having to wait in, in quite subtle ways. And at those moments, the question is, is this segment growing? Is it? Jim Packer, in his book, Knowing and Doing the Will of God, describes patience as the Christ-like reaction to all that is maddening. That's brilliant. The Christ like that that's patience. The Christ like reaction to all that is maddening. But what are the different uh, contexts in which patience is required and demonstrated? Just in general terms. Well, let me identify a couple. The first is there is the patience we need whenever we're facing a nuisance of some kind. Now that nuisance can be a person. As Gareth said at the start, it can be a work colleague. It can be a classmate, it can be a friend, it can be a family member, it can be a traffic warden. It can be a person. But that nuisance can also be a set of circumstances that really irritates you. You'd love to complain about that person. You'd love to complain about this circumstance, but the challenge is to hold your tongue. Not to roll your eyes, but to quietly endure and be patient. But secondly, and and this is more serious and significant, 
There is the patience we need whenever we're facing hardship and suffering. Whenever we're struggling with a really difficult, tense, painful situation or illness. And the challenge to wait and endure without complaining in that context, well, that's massive. That's huge. That's not just a nuisance. That's a really painful situation. But there still is a call to be patient, to endure, to wait without complaining. And as we dig a little deeper into this, let's take a closer look at the actual word patience as it's used in in the list in Galatians 5. Now, the Greek word here, I don't don't like kind of doing this, the Greek word, especially whenever there are those far cleverer than I am in this whole area. But the Greek word here is macrothumia, which which is a combination of, of two words. So macro meaning long, thumos meaning temper. And so often patience is is defined as being long-tempered. And it specifically points to the idea of anger taking a very long time before it's expressed. Think about this. Patience is, is, is whenever anger takes a very long time to be expressed. See, often the, the problem is we just fly off the handle. We just become impatient. We just shout. We just rant. We just rave. And even when we do, or even in this whole idea of of behind this word, even when anger is expressed, it's always under control. And so it's about long-suffering, which is actually the word used for the fourth segment of the fruit of the Spirit in many early English translations. And actually, in in the version that that Garth read for us in 2 Peter, he used not patience, but long-suffering. So it's about long-suffering. It's, it's also about endurance without retaliation. That, that's to be patient, to endure without, without retaliating. Or it's about forbearance, another word for patience, which means putting up with someone or something without losing it. Putting up. And as we think along the, these lines, it's vital to recognize that patience is a key characteristic of God. God is long-tempered. Now, I know that there may be some here, and, and, and you can think of a couple occasions in the Old Testament whenever God appears to express his anger very, very quickly. So one example of this is in Leviticus 10, whenever God consumed the sons of Aaron by fire because of their blatant disobedience. It just seemed that God, in his anger, immediate lack of patience it seems with them so there are moments like that I, I, I just i need to acknowledge that there are moments like that but more often than not god is remarkably patient and one of the recurring verses in the bible and, and it appears a number of times where it describes the character of God. And and, and the first time it appears is in Exodus 34, not long after the golden calf incident. And some of you know this verse. And it's, it's a really core verse in God's word, describing the character of God. But where God passes in front of Moses and he declares, the Lord, 
the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, and then this, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands. And at one level, you you could argue that the entire Old Testament is a story of God's patience with Israel, constantly patient with them. And so, for example, you find Jeremiah, one of God's major prophets, expressing something of the incredible patience of God with the Israelites when he says, and this is Jeremiah speaking to the people of Judah, to all those living in Jerusalem, and this is what he says, for 23 years, the word of the Lord has come to me, and I have spoken it to you again and again, but you've not listened for 23 years. And actually, that went on for a further 17 years. God is long-tempered. He is slow to anger. He is patient. He is long-suffering. And so, as it says in the New Testament, and, and Gareth quoted it for us, God is patient with us. But not only is this a key characteristic of God, it, it's a key characteristic of Jesus. Because he modeled the patience of God. Yes, again, and, and I want to acknowledge this, but there were times whenever Jesus got slightly frustrated with his disciples. And so, for example, in the incident in Mark 9, whenever Jesus comes back down from the mountain of transfiguration and he finds that his disciples couldn't heal the kid with the mute spirit, Jesus says, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? And there was a sense, in, it's a sense, I'm saying it, but it's a sense in which Jesus was getting impatient with his disciples. But he does bear with them. And when it comes to the ultimate example of patience, of forbearance, of endurance without retaliation, then we're immediately taken to the cross. Whereas Peter says, writing about that incident a number of years down the line, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. Endurance without retaliation. That's patience. Plus, as Jesus hung on a cross, he showed amazing forbearance. When instead of expressing anger and voicing off, he chose to cry out, Father, forgive them. That's what it means to forbear. To forgive. Rather than lose it with someone. And therefore, as we we think about this fourth segment of the the fruit of the Spirit then in in our lives. It's a characteristic of God and we're made in the image of God. It's a characteristic of Jesus and part of this whole series is about becoming more and more like Jesus as we bear the fruit of his spirit. So as we think about this fruit in our lives, what does it mean? What does it look like in day-to-day Christian living? There are at least two critical aspects to it, two dimensions to it. And it's these. We've got to endure under suffering. And we've got to forgive one another. Do you know one of the, the strong, almost unarguable messages of the, the New Testament and the Old Testament for that matter is, is that we're going to suffer. There's an inevitability about it. It goes with the territory. But in it, and I know it's easy to say, but this is not hard to, to walk this out. But in it, we must learn and demonstrate patience. And alongside, yes, the supreme example of Jesus who who modeled this for us. 
There's also the teaching of, of many New Testament texts. Let me, let me just quickly highlight one for you. In 2 Timothy 3, Paul makes it very clear to his protege, Tim, uh, or Paul makes it yeah, very clear to his protege, Timothy, that everyone, this is what he says to him, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ is going to suffer. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ is going to suffer. But as Paul shares that, and you can read this for yourself later, as Paul shares that, he points Timothy to his own patience. He refers him to it right at the start of that text. He says, think about my patience, Timothy. Think about how I endured suffering. And one of the critical pieces of advice that Paul then offers to Timothy as he endures under suffering and as he learns what it means to be patient is, Timothy, remember the scriptures. Remember how from infancy you were taught the scriptures. And then he goes on to say that, but you know, all scriptures God breathed and it's useful for teaching and correcting and rebuking and equipping. And so for me, one of the key ways to develop and grow patience and to see it ripen in your life is through the constant and consistent engagement with God's word. If, if you want to grow in patience, if you want to endure, if you want to wait without complaining, make sure you are a person immersed in God's word. Equipped, trained, rebuked at times, and enabled to be patient. And so if we're serious about our faith, if we long to become more and more like Jesus, if we want to live a godly life, if we want to become more patient, then we're going to need to learn to endure under suffering. But let me throw maybe what might be described as a slight curveball at this point, because, do you know, there is a time and there is a place for appropriate impatience. For patiently enduring whilst complaining. Not waiting without complaining, but enduring whilst complaining. And what I'm thinking about here is the importance and the gift of lament. Prayers of godly complaint. Prayers of protest where we express our complaints and our grievances to God in our hardship and in our suffering. Do you know the single greatest category of psalms in the Psalter, the single greatest category, are psalms of lament. And I know we've said this before, but as, but many, as church and as churches, we've lost the ability to lament. We don't sing many songs of lament. We need to sing songs of lament. Because there are times whenever many of us gather and we're wanting to cry to God, why God? Why do the wicked prosper? Why do you seem a million miles away from me, God? Why do I feel like a parched desert, spiritually? Do we, don't, we don't sing many of those kind of songs. We don't pray many of those kind of prayers. And yet, the single greatest category of genres in the Psalms are not Psalms of praise, not Psalms of thanksgiving, not Psalms of confession, but they are Psalms of lament. Here's another selection. Why, O oh Lord, do you stand far off? You ever feel like this? Why do you hide yourself from me in times of trouble? 
Psalm 44, why do you hide your face, God? Why do you forget our misery and our oppression? I pour out my complaint before God. Before him I tell my trouble. Do you know, we could go on listing many more, but those are the voices of faith living with unanswered questions and suffering. Appropriate impatience. Yes, it's critical that we learn and express endurance under and in suffering, that we display patience. But you know something? It is okay and it's perfectly biblical to complain. Not to others. This is, this is the bit. Not to others. Not in raised voices with rolled eyes, deep sighs. But it's appropriate to complain to God in prayers of protest where we lament suffering. We lament the waiting. We lament the injustice. And that is actually an act of faith affirming the sovereignty of God even in the midst of mess. We're not called to simply grin and bear it. To silently endure. To be patient and shut up. But what we are encouraged to do is pray. And so for me... Another critical practice in the development, growth, and ripening of the fourth segment is an honest-to-God prayer life. An honest-to-God prayer life. Well, let's move on to the forgiveness of one another. I used to find it a little strange that whenever it came to the nine segments of the fruit of the Spirit, that forgiveness is missing. I don't know if you've ever thought of this before. But every time I listed them or said them, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, I kind of wanted to include or add forgiveness. That was until I realized that it is partly included and covered under a better and deeper and broader understanding of patience. You see, to be long-suffering to be long-tempered, to endure without retaliation, to put up with someone without anger. All of those dimensions of patience that I've mentioned, do you know it surely means that forgiveness is part and parcel of this segment? Surely it does. I've already made reference to the example of Jesus who chose to bear with others and forgave those who nailed him to a cross. But do you know if you go back to that verse about God, the Lord, let me finish the verse, the Lord, the Lord, the gracious, compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, I stop there then this next bit, he's a forgiving God. He's a forgiving God. And do you know, whenever we find ourselves in situations and circumstances that test our patience, whenever someone in situations push you to the limit, we're often annoyed with someone. We're often annoyed when someone who isn't doing things fast enough for us, isn't behaving the way we expect them to behave, who's keeping us holding on. And part of being patient with that person will involve us forgiving them. Whenever we are being persecuted for living a godly life, whenever you're having to endure suffering for the gospel, the need to forgive those who are on your backs and in your faces is all too real and pressing. But you know something, if we are going to patiently endure and not lose the rag and not unleash our tongues, then being quick to forgive is honestly a key part of this fourth segment. We need to be people who forbear, 
to forgive others. Otherwise, we will constantly lose our patience with people. As we bring us to close, let me, let me share a couple more references where God's word effectively actually commands us to do this. As Paul concludes part one of his letter to the church at Thessalonica, he, he issues a bunch of final instructions to believers. And included in those is this simple one. Be patient with everyone. I mean, that, that's pretty direct. And as he writes to the Christians in Ephesus about being mature and about guarding unity, he says, be patient, bearing with one another in love. In other words, if you are a child of God, if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, you've just got to do this. But as a finish, let me also make the point that, you know, nothing teaches us patience like experience. For the most part, we don't need to go looking for it. Things will happen in most of our lives that present us with opportunities to learn and grow patience. Unplanned moments and events and discoveries and difficulties that stretch our patience. That encourage us to wait without complaining. That force us to endure under suffering. Unplanned moments that challenge us to forgive. But you know, as well as the unplanned moments, we can also do certain things to accelerate, accelerate the growth of patience. Steps, if you like, of moral self-help that we can take. And one of these, and I came across this during the week as I was preparing, one of these is called behavior therapy. And this was a practice that was once popular among Christians. But today is kind of totally forgotten. And it involves the intentional affliction of oneself with an annoying or tedious task expressly for the purpose of developing patience, right? So, so here's my challenge to you for this week, right? Next time you're in a busy supermarket, join the longest queue, right? Find the longest queue you can find in the supermarket and simply wait in it. Because you see, there are things you can do so that you experience situations that push all your buttons and force you to be patient. But as I said earlier, patience is an essential quality of Christian faith and discipleship in increasing Christ's likeness. And therefore, it is my prayer that this fourth segment of the fruit of the Spirit will continue to grow and ripen in our lives as we do three things. Practice forgiveness. Pursue endurance under suffering. Wait without complaining. Practice forgiveness. Pursue endurance under suffering. Wait without complaining. And just as we close, the song I'd like us to finish with, I want to take us back to the God that we serve and worship and sing this song. The Lord is gracious and he's compassionate. He's slow to anger and he is rich in love. He is a forgiving God. And as far as the east is from the west, that's how far God has removed our sins from us. And so part of the challenge of, of being God-like, becoming more like Jesus, is also this ability and willingness to forgive others. Because that teaches us patience. Let's stand together as we sing these great words from Psalm 103.